I am so thankful to have the opportunity to pastor such a loving, exciting church. Amen. I just, I, I remember when my dad was pastoring, I was just a kid. He had a bell that he would keep on the pulpit. And in order to get everyone to come together, he would go and ring that bell so that he could get everyone's attention so that they would know it's time for you to stop doing what you're doing and come to order so we can start. I'm not going to get a bell. <clears throat> I love it. I love it when you interact with one another and you enjoy being with the body of Christ. And I'm thankful to have the opportunity to pastor such fine people. I see several faces this morning that I don't recognize, so that probably means that you're visiting with us today. We want to welcome you to the Spirit Life Church of God. We're grateful that you have selected our church to come and worship today with us. So many wonderful churches in Louisville that you could have selected and gone to today, but you uh, decided to come here, and we're grateful that you're here. We do need a record, if you don't mind, of your visit. We want to just let you know that we... Uh, that we recognized your visit and want to let you know how much we enjoyed having you with us. So if you don't mind reaching in the chair in front of you and pulling out a visitor's card, when, when service is over today, just take it to the back, uh, to the desk that is in the foyer, and if you'll give it to them, they will trade that information for a brand new, never-before-licked Hershey bar. And you can take that home with you today. Uh, just our way of saying thank you. Amen. And I see some people I haven't seen in quite a while. It's good to see you here this morning. Glad you're back and uh, off vacation finally and back in, in the house of the Lord. And we're also privileged to have some very special guests with us today sitting over here to my right and to your left is Pastor Rutland and his wife. And they are visiting with us today and, and uh, we're delighted that they're here this morning. So we want you to just feel right at home and just... Uh, just dig in and have a great time today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, my wife wanted me to let you know that there's a ladies' event this afternoon. It starts at 4 p.m., is that correct? This is probably in the bulletin, uh, but since some, so many of you never glance at the bulletin, we probably ought to remind you <clears throat> about it tonight. You do not have to have already signed up. If you have not signed up, you can still come uh, just bring some your favorite fall food, right? Okay. Uh, and just bring whatever you like to eat in the fall and bring it by the parsonage and stop, stop in and give it to me and then go on back to the meeting that will be in the back, <coughs> back building. Is that the way it works? <coughs> and if you don't have time... And you, don't, you, you can't bring anything come anyway, although I will be very disappointed if you do that. Uh, just kidding. Ladies are going to have a great time tonight at 4 p.m. in the back uh, building. You're not going to believe the floors back there. I mean, it, we had them worked on this week, and they just shine. You need to bring your sunglasses. They're so shiny uh, that they'll, they'll just uh, glare in your eyes. The Lord's helping us to get a few things like that done. And then also, this coming Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, is the men's outing. Is that correct, Bill? Two weeks, the, the, the next Saturday. And this week, we're going to find out if you will sign up so that we'll know you're coming, then we're going to assign to you what you should bring by the parsonage before you go to the men's thing. Uh, and we'll give you some assignments so that you'll, you'll know what to bring. That's the way I, I stay full, amen, is when people bring me food. So... 
By the way, I like Dutch apple pie for anybody who, who's interested in that with vanilla ice cream on top. Uh, but I digress. Anyway, uh, what a wonderful, wonderful week that it has been. And see God's blessing, blessings working in the lives of people in this church. And I'm so thankful to him. Amen. And so I want you to join me right now. Let's just take a moment and just thank the Lord for his goodness. Father, thank you so much. You've been so good to us. And Lord, I'm thankful that you have provided everything that we have need of through Jesus Christ. You have touched us and blessed us spiritually, Father. Our sins are forgiven. You have matured us in Christ. Lord, you, everything spiritually that we need, we have available to us through Jesus Christ. But Lord, beyond that, you've touched and you've ministered to our physical bodies. Lord, there are many in the church today that they're waiting to receive the good news that they're expecting from their doctors, believing that by your stripes we are healed. And so, Lord, we anticipate those wonderful reports today. Lord, there are men and women in this house today that they came here carrying heavy burdens in their life and, and in their soul. Lord, things that are happening in their life that seem as though it's spinning out of control. But Lord, will you help them to understand that you are the one who can restore unto us the joy of your salvation. That peace, peace, wonderful peace can be ours because of you. And regardless of the tumultuous situation that they may be facing, that you are able to step out on the bow of the boat and speak, peace, be still. And in that moment, Father, peace will come into their lives. And so I thank you for these things. And I thank you that you're hearing the prayers of your people. We're becoming a praying people. And I know that as we pray and lift up our requests and our needs to you, that you will hear them and that you will do the things that will bring about a positive resolve in our lives. And so, Father, thank you for hearing us now. And we come to your word and we pray, Lord, that you will give us the message that we need to hear today. That when we leave here, we will be empowered by the word of God. We will not have wasted our time. We have not just come to do something religious. But, Lord, that we have come to receive from your word that which we need that will empower us and strengthen us by grace. And so, Father, today I pray that you'll help me to minister effectively, to speak the word in such a way that it will be easily understood. And, Lord, I pray that it will accomplish all that you're sending it forth to do. I claim that promise in your word. It shall accomplish it. For I've asked it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 1 with me, if you will. And uh, I'd like to say while you're turning there that this morning we're trying something brand new that we've never done before here. Uh, we are actually live streaming our service to our Facebook page. And so it is on the Spirit Life Church page. If you get a notification... For those of you who, you who like to Facebook while I'm preaching, if you get a notification uh, to, to share it, you can feel free to do that because every time you share it, it then moves on down the line to all of your friends' list. 
And so we can, uh, we can expand our reach in that way. So for those of you who might be joining us live today, bear with us. We, we hope that we have it set properly. Uh, but if not, give us some time and we'll work out all the kinks and get the audio and the video as it should be. Uh, but we pray that you'll be blessed as I know the congregation will be today by the word of the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> we're going to begin reading there and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. Are you ready? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now flip over to Acts chapter 2 and go with me to verses 1 through 11 and then 13 through 21. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Verse 13. But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes 
the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You know, it's been a few months ago now, but I was taking a church growth class, which, by the way, I'm not very fond of in the first place. Because I just happen to believe that Scripture says that Jesus is going to build the church. We get so caught up, I think, in church growth that we fail to recognize that if we can just get in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, the Lord will build the church. Several months ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I will build the church, you build the people. That's my, that's my anointing. That's what God has called me to do. He'll take care of building the church. But I remember sitting in this class and hearing this statement that just irritated me to the, to the very core of my Pentecostal being. Because they said, if you're going to grow a large church in this modern era, you are going to have to stop experiencing the moving of and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in corporate worship. Because you will scare people away. And I I couldn't get the floor, but if I could have gotten the floor, I was about to give somebody a piece of my mind. Not because I was upset so much at them, because I really believe they believed that that is true. But I don't believe that's true. I believe that people in the world that we live in today are sick and tired of religious activity and are hungry for a genuine move of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Now let me tell you something. You have never tasted victory in your life until you have learned how to walk in the Spirit of God. But there are so many people that are afraid of this phenomenon. They're afraid that they're going to do something crazy or say something silly or it's going to feel weird to them and they may have to act weird and they may have to fall on the floor and roll underneath the pew. You can't roll underneath ours because we got legs. You know, we've been known for years of those crazy Pentecostals from across the track. Anybody ever heard that? Let me tell you something. In our tradition, I will go on record as saying that there are a lot of things that we've done in the name of the Holy Spirit that was nothing but a good feel-good in the flesh. God's scripture bears out what this baptism in the Holy Spirit should be all about. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament At the very beginning of the time, the Holy Spirit has been active in the world. In fact, during the Genesis creation, we see the Holy Spirit as he was hovering over the face of the earth. He was there. He was ready. And when the word was spoken, the Holy Spirit jumped into action and began to do the things that were being spoken creatively uh, by the Trinity. 
And so he was involved. And then you go to Isaiah, and Isaiah speaks of a time when we will receive rest in our spirit, and it will coordinate with a time when, when it is linked together with stammering lips. And, 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 and the, the inference there is that, that we will be so filled with the spirit that, that we will be uttering things with our lips that are coming directly from the Spirit. And, we, and when we do, it will bring rest to our soul and rest to our spirit. And then you go to the prophet Joel and we read it and he said, in the last days he will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. Now let me explain that. He's not talking about those who are outside of Christ. You cannot be outside of Christ and have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. You must be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You must have accepted Christ as your personal Savior. But once you have been saved by Jesus Christ, you are now qualified to have the Spirit of God in you in two different ways. Number one, the very instant that you are saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes into you and seals you as a promise from God that this is my child. I have put my seal upon them. But then it's very clear in the New Testament that the disciples spoke to some and they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you were saved? So there must be a second act of grace or in the church of God, we believe a third act of grace because we believe in salvation, sanctification, and Holy Spirit baptism. But we believe that there's a separate act of grace whereby God fills his people with his power and with his anointing. And so it has been prophesied, John the Baptist said. He said, I have baptized with water, but the one coming after me is greater than I am. I'm not even worthy to take the shoes off of his feet. Uh, and when I saw the Spirit of God descend upon him, the, the Lord said to me, he is the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said himself, you shall receive power not many days from hence when the Holy Spirit is sent and comes upon you. So for those of you who are nervous about being filled with the Spirit, let me tell you something. You should never be nervous about anything that Jesus wants for you because he is the giver of good gifts. He is a God who wants to bless you. He wants to pour himself into you. And you, know, you should not fear this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can get, we can get so caught up in the tongues. And, and we can get so caught up in the, the speaking something that, that might make us feel weird or, or strange or whatever. But listen, I, I wish that you could have had some videos of you when you were two years old. And when you were one year old and your parents were teaching you how to talk and and you'd say things and they weren't very clear. I see it every day in the child care center back here. I walk down through here and little kids are talking to me. And I'm just saying, I'm praying for the interpretation. Because I don't have a clue what it is that they're saying to me. They're learning how to talk. They're learning how to master the English language. And it takes them a while. And for those of you who are afraid to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you as he gives you the utterance, 
It's because you're afraid you're going to look silly like a little baby would when they're trying to learn how to speak. Let me tell you, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit now for many years. And God has allowed that language in me to grow and increase and mature so that now the tongues with which I speak when I'm in the Spirit is very different than the ones that I spoke with when I was first baptized in the Spirit of God. But don't be afraid of this gift because it is something that Jesus says that you should want and have and desire and it will be a blessing to you so then why do we need this gift of the holy spirit well i want to give you five things that the holy spirit will do in your life once you have been baptized in the holy spirit now i'm just going to tell you that next week i'm going to break down this whole idea of speaking in tongues so for those of you who are afraid of that don't come to church next week because I'm going to talk about it because it's part of scripture and it's my responsibility to break forth the entire word of God. So I'm going to talk about it next week and I'm just going to go ahead and put you on notice that I'm going to be praying for you this week every day that for those of you who have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm going to pray that you will receive it next week. Some of you may not wait until next week. Some of you may say, well, if he's going to do it anyway, I might as well receive it today. Well, that'd be okay too. But we need to talk about this because I think that you will learn that it is one of the most powerful forms of communication that is available to the child of God. So I really want you to be here next week. But in the meantime, I want to tell you about five things that will happen in your life when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to go? The first one is that the Holy Spirit will bring confidence and courage instead of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't care how cowardly you may have been up to this point, he's going to take that spirit of cowardice out of you and he's going to replace it with power and anointing and authority and confidence and courage unlike anything that you have ever experienced in the flesh. He's going to fill you with his spirit. Now I see this Because we see in Acts chapter 1 and verse 2, we see Peter as he is interacting with the other disciples and he's interacting with those who are around him. Peter had at one time been very fearful. Do you remember when he was afraid, when he was sitting by the fire and they would come and they would say, you're one of them, aren't you? And he said, oh no, not me. I'm not one of them. Said, surely not. And they came again. And they said, you've got to be one of them because your speech is betraying you. I know you're one of them. Oh, no, I'm not one of those. And then three times, and on the third time, you know the story, the rooster crowed, and he turned, and his eyes caught the eyes of Jesus because Jesus had prophesied that before the rooster crowed three times, the rooster crowed that he would deny the Lord three times, and it happened just as Jesus said. He was fearful. 
He was afraid. But then on the day of Pentecost, they've been in the upper room. They've been praying. They've been seeking God. They've been looking for this gift of the Holy Spirit, and suddenly it came. You saw it. It was described there. Tongues of fire came and set upon every one of them. A mighty rushing wind came into the room and filled every one of them, and they all spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And as they began to spill out of the room and into the streets, the people there thought they had lost their minds. They thought they were crazy. They thought they were nuts. They were intrigued by what was happening. And then there were some, they said, well, you know how them, those Pentecostals are. They must be drunk. You know, they, they must have partied too hard, hard on Saturday night. They've got to be filled with the wine. And then Peter came out and he stood up right in the midst of them. And he said, hold on, boys, just a minute. Say, you got it all wrong. This is not what you think it is. They are not drunk on wine. It is only 9 o'clock in the morning. But what you need to know is this that you see and are experiencing right now is what the prophet Joel spoke about all those years ago. He has poured out his spirit upon his people, and this is that. Amen. We need a few this is that Christians in the church today. We need to get some people walking so freshly in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you go to work on Monday and you walk in the door, people looking at you and saying, the crazy one has arrived. And you just look at them and say, I'm not crazy like you think I am. I'm crazy in the Spirit. Amen. I don't mind you knowing it because this is that which was spoken of so many years ago and it is a part of who I am. This is that. He was no longer afraid, but he was full of boldness and courage. Let me tell you something. There are some things going on in your lives right now that have you so frightened that you don't even know how you're going to make it tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I don't know. I, don't, I can't. I, I don't know. I feel weak. I, I just don't know if I have the energy. I don't know if I can make it another day. Those are not spirit-filled words. Spirit-filled words are those where people square their spiritual, spiritual shoulders and say, I may not know how and I don't know when, but I know this, the, the power of God that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper. I am able through the name of Jesus Christ to do all things. Amen. Time for you to put fear away. Start squaring your shoulders in faith and believing that I can do this thing. Not because of who I am. Not because of the power that I possess. Because it's already been proven that I am not strong enough in the flesh to be victorious. It has already been proven that I'm not wise enough to beat this on my own. But I also know that the scripture says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and you will receive the wisdom that you need. I'm telling you all things are possible through Jesus Christ for the believer. Amen. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to walk around with the power and the authority that you have in Him. The Scripture says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
So stop walking around like some wimpy little thing that just can't barely get by. Stop praying for the rapture to take place so that you can get rescued out of this world. Start carrying your shoulders and say, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I'm not afraid of the enemy. I'm not afraid of the devil because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. He will take your fear away and give you confidence and courage instead. Secondly, when you get Holy Ghost baptized, he will reveal scriptural truth to you. Everybody grab your Bible and hold it up. Let me tell you something. This book holds the most powerful tools. That's all right. I see those digital Bibles. That's all right. I got three or four of them. This book is what will give you the wisdom and the anointing that you need. This book. It won't come from ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, CNN, NSNBC. Turn them off. And get alone with the word of God and let God speak into your spirit the things of the spirit that you need to hear. Dr. Phil is not going to save your marriage, but Dr. Jesus can. You can get all the help that you want outside of the realm of the spirit. But it will not help you. But when you start working in, walking in the Spirit of God, He will begin to reveal to you things from the Word and principles of the Word of God that will cause you to have an understanding and a wisdom that you never had. I just had this conversation with a young lady this week. It's talking about truth and wisdom, truth and wisdom, truth and wisdom. Scripture says, with all of your getting, get wisdom. Truth is knowledge. Wisdom is anointing. You can have all the truth you want, but until you have the wisdom to apply the truth, it will never activate the blessings that could come your way through truth. The truth shall set you free, but it won't set you free if you don't walk in it. You can't be blessed and set free even though you know the truth. You've got to apply wisdom and anointing to it and walk out the truth of the word of God. And so the reason me and my husband or me and my wife can't get along is because we like to scream at each other all the time. We just look at each other and go to, go to yelling. Well, you have truth. You already know what the problem is. You need to, well, I started to say shut your mouth, but that wouldn't have worked well. You, you need to be quiet and stop saying the thing. You say, well, well, what does that have anything to do? Because the word of God says a soft answer turns away wrath. The word says that. So when you're 
you're getting ready to fight and you're getting ready to bless somebody out and you're getting ready to give somebody a piece of your mind, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit of God rises up in you and says, well, that's one approach, but you'd rather keep your mouth closed here and speak softly because that is the wisdom that will anoint the truth of the Word of God. I know a lot of people that have truth, but they don't have any wisdom. And because they have no wisdom to activate truth, they never walk in victory. Oh, I could preach right there all day long. But I know some of you are already thinking about fried chicken, so I got to move on. You say, well, how did you get that out of Acts chapter 2? Thank you for asking. Did you notice that when Peter started standing up and declaring the anointed words that God was giving him, he started quoting scripture. He started giving scripture that he had learned. In fact, you can run the references. We've already talked about Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. But he also quoted Psalm chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. And he quoted Psalm chapter 110, verse 1. And under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he began to speak the word of God because the Spirit was bringing it to his mind. Have you ever been in a situation where you just didn't, you say, oh man, I wish I'd have read the scripture today because I just can't remember. I just can't, well, what's that scripture? Where's it at? Where can I find it? And then all of a sudden you start praying. You say, oh God, I need to know what that scripture says. I need to remember that. And all of a sudden the spirit of God will rise up in you and begin to give it to you. It's not because he's just being nice to you, but it's because you've already planted it down in your spirit and it is there and the Holy Spirit is bringing it up in you so that that truth can be activated in the moment that it is needed. That's the reason you'd be better off if you'd spend some time in the Word than you would be watching whatever it is that you watch. Get this Word in you. Because when you get this Word in you and then get the Spirit in you as well, the Spirit and the Word will work together and bring about those things that you need to know about. The Spirit and the Word. Now listen, I'm going to say this and I'll move on. You know, we Pentecostals, we like to think that we can just make things up as we go. Well, I felt like the Spirit of God told me to do this. Really? Is it in here? Well, I did, this is a new day, you know. And we don't have to go exactly the way that it is. <clears throat> After all, men moved. Uh, men, men wrote this book. They wrote it as they were moved upon by the Spirit of God. So this book contains and is the Word of God. And you cannot sense in your spirit to do something that is contrary to the Word of God. I'm going to meddle for just a minute. Are you ready? That's what's wrong with America today is we've decided we're going to create our own moral system. We, we don't care about what the Word of God has to say. We're just going to do it because it feels good. If it feels good, do it. But listen, if it is not in this book, 
if it is not a principle of the word of God, if you go ahead and do it, you're going to bring cursing in your life. But if you will walk according to the word and according to the spirit, you will be blessed by him. Somebody say amen or oh me, one or the other. He will reveal scriptural truth to you. Number three, the Holy Spirit helps us forget our failures. How many of you ever messed up? Can I see your hands? I'm going to pray for three of you because you didn't raise your hand. You just messed up just then by not raising your hand. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all failed. But there's something about when the Holy Spirit of God gets on you. It just erases the failures that are in your life. They're gone. You don't operate and say, well, you know, I remember that one time that I messed up when I was 12 and a half years old. And so I'm really probably not qualified to be the one speaking now or doing this or doing that. And I, I probably can't because, you know, I messed up way back then and all that. No, no, no. I've already told you today, when you're forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then your sins are washed away. They are forgotten. They're removed as, as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you again. You will become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and behold all things become new. When you start walking in the spirit the devil will come and he'll start whispering in your ear you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you remember what you did back? You remember what you said back then? You remember what? And so often we just step back and say well you're right devil. I'm just no good at all. I'm just a creep. That's what I am. I just know I just can't do it. I just, I, I can't do that. I can't do, I can't volunteer at church because, you know, there was that one time year ago when they asked me to do something and I, I messed it up. And we spend so much time beating ourselves up that we miss out on the will of God and the promises of God and the anointing of God because the devil's been whispering junk in our ears. It's time for you to stand up and say, there is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but who are walking in the spirit of God. So devil, just get out of my face. I've had enough of you. I'm not going to listen to you, not another moment. There was a day when I listened to you. There was a day when I responded to you, but that day is gone. I am now a child of the Most High King. Amen. I have the anointing of God living in me and flowing through me. And there's nothing you can say or do to keep me or prevent me from walking in my anointing. Give the Lord praise in the house today. You say, well, where did you get that from Scripture? Thank you for asking again. Peter had failed the Lord, denied even know Jesus. And now he's standing up preaching the gospel. Thomas had doubted that Jesus was alive. And he said, I can't believe unless I see it with my own eyes and touch him with my own hands. I can't believe. 
And we could go on and on down the line of all of those who were there that day who had messed up and who had failures in their life. But on that day, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, their failures moved out of their minds and they were focused on their future instead of their failures. Number four, the Holy Spirit will lead you to focus all of your energies upon Jesus Christ. Listen, we're all here today because of Jesus. It's all about him. It is his name that is higher than any other. It was Jesus Christ who bled and died for you. It wasn't Muhammad. Muhammad didn't do it. It wasn't Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith didn't love you enough to give his life for you. It wasn't him. It wasn't Oprah. She hadn't done a thing for you in terms of in the spirit. It wasn't Buddha rubbing his belly Telling you sweet things that you ought to think about while you're eating Chinese food. <laughs> Crack open your, your Holy Ghost cookie. See what your Holy Ghost cookie said. Wasn't Ann Landers. She didn't do it. Some of you don't even know who Ann Landers is. She didn't do it. Wasn't Paul Harvey. He didn't do it either. He ain't Matt Lauer. He ain't Charlie Rose. It's not any of them. His name is Jesus. Yeah. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to start seeing Jesus in everything. You don't start seeing Jesus everywhere. Instead of opening up your horoscope and saying, I, I wonder what Capricorn has to say for me today. I don't give a deadly rip what Capricorn has to say. Because I ain't counting on the stars and the moon to tell me how to live. I'm counting upon the anointing that comes from the word of God through Jesus Christ and if you'll spend half as much time reading the Word of God and walking in the Spirit of God as you do reading your horoscope. Isn't that what Paul Walker used to do? He'd preach and say something he knew nobody liked, he'd hide behind the pulpit. It's all about him, it's all about Jesus. It's all about what Jesus did. Nobody else died for you. There is no other name given among men whereby men must be saved except the name of Jesus. No man can come to the Father except by him. His name is Jesus. We lift up 
Jesus. When we are filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to start seeing Jesus in everything, everywhere you are, in every time of the day. His name is Jesus. Come help me quit. Feeling rowdy now, and that's not a good thing. Did you, you say, well, where'd you get that? Well, did you notice in Peter's speech? He didn't, he didn't talk about Joel very long. He, he didn't talk about not being drunk on wine very long. He threw it in there. He mentioned it. He got it in there for historical purposes. But it didn't take him long before he started talking about Jesus. And he stood up strong and he said... This Jesus whom you crucified. Church, we got to stop being politically correct. We're losing this game. And it's not a game, but we're losing. Because we're so afraid we're going to say something that hurts somebody's feeling. And go against somebody's opinion. Listen, I don't care about other people's opinions. I care about what the Lord has said to us. I care about what the word of God says to us. That's what I care about. I don't care what politicians are saying. If it does not fit with the word of God, it is not fit for the people of God. We may be in this world, but thank God we're not of it. We're in another realm all together. So aren't you just a little bit concerned about who the next president's going to be? Not one bit. I just read this week in the Old Testament some of the most wicked kings that ever ruled were used by God in ways to correct the course of history And it was their wickedness that allowed things to change. God's not not intimidated by anyone. You say, are you you saying they're not Christians? I'm not their judge. But I do know that we are known by our fruit. Which brings me to my last point. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God. The Holy Spirit causes us to be fruitful in all that we do. The Holy Spirit's not going to ask you to do something or live in a way that is going to be contrary to the will of God for your life and bring about negative results in your life. When you start doing what the Word says and praying and communicating with Him, then your fruit is going to line up with the will of God. You have your Bible still close by you? Go to Psalm chapter 1. there. 
Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, blessed is the man. That also goes for women. Blessed is humanity when they walk not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. (laughs) And on his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3, he's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all, say all, that he does, he prospers. He prospers. What about the wicked people? Well, bless their hearts. It says the wicked are not so, but they're like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. get filled with the Holy Ghost and you get filled with the Word of God and that scripture just says everything you do will prosper. That's a lie, Pastor. Woo! That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because I ain't prospering. I ain't being blessed. Well, maybe your idea of blessed is different than God's idea of blessed. I'm telling you, I'm feeling, I'm feeling just a little bit, you know, I've been there before. Our idea of blessing is not always God's idea of blessing. Ask Job. Ask Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. If you don't bow, you're going in the furnace. I ain't going to bow. You know where they went? In the furnace. (laughs) And there they are in the furnace. I'm mad at my preacher because he said this wouldn't happen to me. He said, everything I do will prosper. And now here I am. I'm in the furnace. I'm in the furnace again. And the king looks down in there and he said, oh, boys. Didn't we throw three in there? Yeah, king, three. Why do I see four? And the fourth one looks like the son of God. Oh, yeah, get those boys out of there. And they came out, and the scripture says, 
that they didn't even smell like smoke. There was not a hair on their head that was singed. Listen, you may have to walk through the fire. You may have to swim in the floodwaters. But when it's all said and done, if God is on your side, you will prosper in him and be fruitful because of him. <laughs> Stand up with me if you will. I got to quit. Yondo boko satapakariki yondo boko. Yondo boko sharalada bakasita yondo boko shitiki yondo boko. Piata paka sonda sita yoto bondoko basiti yondo bakahai. Shololo boko sonda bakasi. Yanda hota ba ota baka. Sonda baka. Yito boko. Sonda bakasia. For I say unto you this day, my child, fix your focus upon me. Cease to look at the challenges of your life. No longer speak what the enemy of your soul wants you to hear and fear. Instead, speak my word with boldness. For I have never failed you, and I will not fail you now. Fix your eyes upon me. Take my hand. Journey with me, and I will lead you to that place of victory, saith the Lord of hosts. Will you lift your hands and begin to worship God in this house today? Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word, Spirit of the living God, Spirit. Before they finish singing this song, I want to pray for you today. If you're here today and you feel like that you've been walking through the fire, walking through one of the most difficult times of your life, you've heard yourself saying recently, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this or not. You've heard coming from your mouth negative statements that are contrary to the Word of God and contrary to faith. God will not force you to believe, and He will not force you to confess faith, but He gives you opportunity to do so. And when you begin to confess, faith it changes the dynamics 
of your circumstance. Because when you start speaking faith, the enemy knows from the very first word of faith that proceeds out of your mouth that he is defeated. He has never, ever been able to defeat Jesus Christ. He thought he had when he had him in the grave. Three days later, he came forth and he is alive forevermore and he is seated at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for you. You are capable. You are able to come through this situation. And like the three Hebrews, when you come through, there will be no remnant of the warfare. There will be no smell of smoke upon your clothing. There will be no bruises upon your arms from the ropes. You'll be free because of the power of the Holy Spirit. As they begin singing this song, I want you to come forward. Prayer team, come. Help me if you will. And we're going to make ourselves available today to pray with you. If you're going through a very difficult time in your life, a hard time, and you need prayer today, I want you to come. Will you come now? Go ahead, choir, and start singing. Would you come now? Would you come now and let us pray with you? Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. 
Lord for a confirmation before I ever came here this morning I said Lord I I want you to confirm for me I know it's true but Lord I'm by, by faith I'm asking you for a confirmation that what I'm teaching and preaching to these people is accurate and it's right I, I'm, I'm not one for theatrics you know that I'm not one to just to work it up, Brother Danny. Just work it up. I don't think you have to do that. I, I can't even picture in the upper room where there are 120 or somebody up front trying to work it up. Come on now, let's pray. Come on now, let's pray. Come on now, come on. I can't imagine that in my mind. People were just worshiping and honoring God. And and in that precise moment in God's timing, and the Spirit fell. They were all filled. I said, Lord, I want a confirmation in my spirit that what I'm teaching and preaching these weeks is accurate. And I've forgotten your name. Forgive me. Will you tell me your name? Jan? Gina? We've got another Gina back here. Gina came up for prayer you don't need to know what about it doesn't matter but I asked her how I could pray with her and we discussed it and talked about it and started praying she didn't pray but about five years five words before all of a sudden it was say what are you doing pastor I'm just saying you're going to find this out next week there's a moment 
when the Spirit of God begins to pray, when you don't have the words to pray, you don't know how to say it, and you don't know how to form it, when the Holy Spirit just says, I got it, baby, from here. Don't worry about it. Just trust me. Here we go. And let's speak mysteries into the realm of the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't mean to embarrass you. I hope I didn't. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there is a realm that we can walk in and live in and talk in that is far greater than this realm that we're in right here in the flesh. Realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. She can do it. I trust her. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each day and I 